ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it, get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hey, welcome back. Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. Another episode of 1% Better. And we are closer, a little bit closer to game day. The Colts, this is a big one. They're hosting the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Packers are 7-2. This is Sunday afternoon. They get the 425 slot. So, big game. They get the number one crew on Fox. They're getting the, the, the prime slot. They're getting the big-time quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Zach, I'm, I, this feels like a big game. And we, we've had a series of these. I guess we're going to have a series of these. Uh, but... Do you think this game, uh, what kind of opportunity, I guess, is this game? Because I think it's an opportunity. I think the Colts have a great shot here, and I think it will tell us more about them, just like the last two weeks have told us more about them. Your thoughts? I'm on board, and this is the game for me. This is the one I've had circled for a couple weeks now. This is the one I'm most anticipating because of the opponent, and and I love it when you get one unit that's the top in the league and, and the other unit going against the other unit that's the top in the league. And I think this Green Bay offense, they can throw up 40 any week. They're top three in just about every offensive category. They are really, really good. And we know about Aaron Rodgers. And the Colts have not seen this yet. They're a terrific defense, and they have not seen this yet. So that's going to be fun. Like Frank Reich says, good on good, right? Um, he said, without a doubt, this is going to be the best offense we've faced all year. And that's going to be fun to watch because I do believe in the Colts' defense. I really do. And the defensive line pressure that they've been able to create, especially in the middle, that's going to make things a little bit harder for Aaron Rodgers. And that's how you're going to make his life a little bit more difficult. So uh, that's going to be fun. I think the question for me is going to be, can the offense get it done? Like, can the Colts offense score enough? Because you know you know, Green Bay is going to score. And the question for me is, can the Colts move the ball against a Green Bay defense that's, to be honest, struggling right now and not very good? Yeah, it's interesting because I think just like there are questions about the Colts offense, I think you could flip that around and there are similar questions about the Green Bay defense. But so that in that respect, this really there is a lot of symmetry here. I think you have like you said the the two team strengths are going to face each other. Do they cancel out completely? I don't know. We will see. But they will cancel some they will cancel each other out on some level, right? Because they are a little bit evenly matched there. I think the question is going to be which team's weakness, if you want to call them weaknesses, which team's other quote unquote unit can do the job. And, and that's actually, it's kind of the the reverse of what we think of these things, right? We think, oh, this game will be decided Colts defense against Aaron Rodgers. And that's, that's very, very true. <laughs> okay. But it also, I think it's true. Can this Colts offense not only keep pace, but also uh, exploit what is a perceived weakness for Green Bay. And, you know, I've actually I've actually looked at a couple things, though, d- just to go back to the original uh, point here, which is what you said, good on good. It's very interesting. There's a couple things here about the Packers that I think are worth mentioning. Number one, I believe they've only beaten one team that currently has a winning record, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and that would be... Uh, at their schedule, I don't they, know. They uh, beat the New Saints, New Orleans, who were really good. Uh, yeah, they've they've beaten the they beat the Vikings. Vikings are still trying to find themselves. Uh, Detroit, Atlanta, obviously teams that have issues. Houston, lots of issues. San Francisco, lots of issues. Jacksonville, tons of issues. I mean, that's that's their that's their resume right now, you know. And and I I am not one to take shots at teams 
that that haven't played quote unquote tough schedules. Because I mean, frankly, until the last couple of weeks, that was the Colts, right? So, and, right. and we always say it fair is fair. You, yeah, you play who's on your schedule. You don't play. But it's, you that's don't a thing. Schedule. Yeah, we're we're ten games in, or <laughs> nine games in for them, and they've not played anybody other than just that one. Uh, excuse me, I, they have only beaten, I should say, the one team with the winning record. Look at that Tampa Bay game. Yeah, that's what changed it for me. So I mm-hmm. thought the Packers were the complete real deal. I thought they were the favorite in the NFC. And then I watched the Tampa Bay game, and I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's some trouble there. They got beat 38-10. to 10. And then you go the next couple weeks. I mean, they lost to Minnesota. You saw what the Colts did in Minnesota. And then yep. the Vikings are probably a different team now. Now they beat the 49ers, and then they squeaked one out over the Jags last week by four points. Now, granted, everyone out there saying the Colts lost to the Jags. I still don't know how the Colts lost to the Jags in week one. It feels <laughs> right. like a preseason game. The defense looks totally different now than it did then. But I was talking to our Packers writer, Matt Schneidman, and he's like, look, he's like, they're vulnerable on defense. The Packers are vulnerable on defense. And I think we were talking about this earlier today at practice. Like, the common theme in this Colts season is not just the defense. The defense is going to play well every week. I really believe that. It's they're winning games when their offense sees a bad defense, and they're not winning games when they play a good defense. It's really that simple. I mean, they, they rolled over Detroit. They beat up the Titans. They, they couldn't do it against the Ravens. Why? Because the Ravens have a really good defense. So if you're looking for hope this week, it's not necessarily the defensive side of the ball, which you know is going to bring it. It's the fact that the Packers are gettable on defense, and if Rivers can put up some points, that's probably how you're going to win the game. Like you said, it's going to come down to who can play better of the weaker units, right? The Colts offense versus the Packers defense. Now Rivers, if he plays like he did in Tennessee, that's advantage Colts. You know who also thinks it's, it's advantage Colts? Vegas. <laughs> I think the Colts are favored. It's fluctuated, but I believe it's around two and a half. Really? You know, being at home, I think, is a part of that. And I think people have questions about that Green Bay defense. I, I really, really do. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a little surprised by that, but I think the Colts have – have made a couple of statements in recent weeks. Here's what I like. Look, uh, in their last four games, uh, the Colts have scored 31, 41, 10. Okay, Baltimore. Mm. <laughs> and this is not the Baltimore defense, granted. And then 34. Now, not all of those points are, are offensive points. There were a couple Correct. defensive scores in there, granted. But, man, I mean – there's a couple of those they open a can of whoop ass, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Colts. And so, meanwhile, you have a Packers offense who, which is great. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is is gonna, you know, give him his green, give him his yellow jacket now, his gold jacket now. But uh, at the same time. Green jacket, you're thinking masters. <laughs> yeah, I got the golf on the brain. But uh, you know, there was a weird golf NFL mix on Sunday morning, by the way, which is like I, I my head was swimming. Let's put right. it that way. Anyhow. Here's an interesting little factoid. I don't know where I'm going with all this, but I'll just throw it all out there, and you as the listener, you make of it what you want. I went through the the defenses that the Packers have played and or beaten. No, played, excuse me. And I only see a couple of top ten defenses in there, San Francisco and Tampa Bay. And as we said, Tampa Bay just blasted them. They put and 10 San points on the board. San Francisco is a shell of itself. Right. So statistically, they're a top ten defense, but they can't do anything offensively so yeah it's it's really interesting man it is really interesting i i am not saying all this to to downplay the packers because i'm not going to do that and then they come out and they you know they 
blast the Colts on Sunday and look like an idiot. So I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, I think we should look at this game for what it is. In realistic terms, if the Colts aren't in this game, I'm going to be disappointed in the Colts. I really feel that way. Am I, am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. I don't know if I'm picking the Colts, but let's do this. Let's say they win. Let's say the Colts win. That's back-to-back wins over pretty good teams, right? The Titans and the Packers. Seven and three. What does that say about the team? And, and we'll do this on Monday if they win, and, and we'll talk about it and how they did it. But I think this goes back to what you mentioned to start the podcast, which was huge opportunity. This would prove, one, that there's going to be no second-half collapse this year, at least not one right. we can see coming like last year. And two, this would graduate them into that top tier for me. They're not Baltimore. They're not Kansas City. They're not Pittsburgh. But I would put them fourth in the AFC if they can beat the Packers. And that's going to set up some opportunities down the line for possibly a home playoff game if you can win the AFC South, which I don't want to say you can wrap up the following week when you play Tennessee at home, but you just whooped them at their place. So um, if you can get a similar performance next week after Thanksgiving at the Lucas Oil, um, this this would open some doors for the Colts in terms of where the league sees them, and they could get back to that spot they were near the end of the 2018 season where they were an up-and-coming team in this conference. They have, I think, two games remaining. Well, three, really, remaining where you circle them big time. They've got huge highlights on them. It's this one. Tennessee the following week, and then Pittsburgh. I'm not overlooking the others. Yeah, going Vegas, to Vegas is a good won't one be too. easy. Yeah, going to Vegas won't be easy. But if you look at the remaining games, the toughest two games are this one, and you got to say Pittsburgh. Obviously, Pittsburgh for for obvious reasons. Hey, Pittsburgh right? we'll might, have, might have everything wrapped up by the time <laughs> That's true. we get to week 16, rate. which would, might yeah, be the Colts' the only chance to win because they haven't. Man, those that that stadium has been a house of horrors for the Colts for like ten years. Right, so so for the Colts' sake, let's hope the <laughs> let's hope the Steelers are fourteen and zero when they play, and then it won't matter, right? The game won't matter in the standings. But failing that, they've got two games that I think nationally people look at and say, okay, this will tell me something about the Colts. It's this game, mm-hmm. and it's Pittsburgh. I don't expect them to beat Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh's in a, on another level right now. We'll deal with that when we deal with that. But I think you're right. I, you asked me, what does it say? I think it would say that. This is not your garden variety Colts team. You know what? I, I will tell the listeners this. I won't name names, but I had a, a a very I had a prominent national NFL reporter reach out to me a couple weeks ago. We were just schmoozing uh, during or in the aftermath, I should say, of the Baltimore game. <laughs> and the remark was this: They never show up when they play a good team. And I was like, you know what? I can't even argue with you. Hmm. Because I go back and I think about every opportunity they have. There's a, there's some prominent exceptions, right? They they went to Kansas City last year, and we'll talk about that you know, yeah. for the next 10 years. But like, that's because it's the only time they ever done it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, when do they ever go beat a, an elite team and handle their business? They generally don't. And I think I think people see them that way. And I it. I didn't disagree with him, but it it did kind of open my eyes and made me think like, yeah, you know what? He's not wrong. (laughs) I mean, are people wrong to see the Colts that way? Because I think this would change it. I think the AFC South plays a role in this because people across the country are not tuning into Colts Jaguars or, to be frank, Colts Titans or even Colts Texans, to be honest. Those are not sexy games, for lack of a better word. Um, The Colts rack up a lot of wins in the division over the years. That's just how it is. That's the way it is. 
Um, they're not on national TV a lot. I thought it was a huge slap in the face this year. You got a quarterback like Phillip Rivers. You've got a young up and coming defense with stars like Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, and you get one primetime game. Hmm. And I know it's not a huge market, but this is a pretty good team. And and I think it was pretty clear in the offseason that this was going to be a, a, a pretty fun team to watch. And that's a huge slap in the face. And, and maybe you're on to something, but I think this is starting to be an opportunity where they can start to change that. And the games that come to mind over the years where they've fallen flat, Pittsburgh, and mainly New England, right? Yeah, I mean, they haven't yeah. beaten New England since the freaking fourth and two Stone game in 2009. So, <laughs> right. um, you know, that's, that's when people tune in. They want to watch Colts Patriots, and the Patriots have won every game for over a decade in that rivalry. So... Um, this is a big one. This is Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. This is the national game on Fox. This is a 7-2 and two Packers team coming to your house. Handle your business. And if Frank Reich and his team are for real, like Frank believes they are, this is the day to do it. And I think Philip Rivers said it best. He said, look, we've been okay. We're 6-3. and three, But moving forward, we need to play our best football of the year. Our best football of the year cannot be what we've done in September and October. It's got to be what we do moving forward. Tennessee, right. Thursday night last week, spoke to that. That was the best we've seen them play at any point this season. Is that a springboard for what's to come, or are they going to come back to life and lose to the Packers on Sunday? We'll see. Um, but but don't just come close to the Packers. Go beat the Packers. I think that's what they need to do, and it will open some doors up for what's possible in December and maybe even January. Yeah, I, I think obviously the, the playoffs provide like a whole different level of scrutiny. And you, you just talked about falling short against New England over the years. No question, there there is a, a residual effect from that. There is no question. But I also think you hit you also hit it on the head when you talked about the, the AFC South. And there has been a perception for years, eh, AFC South. And yeah, it was true. Okay, it was absolutely true. It's what's funny is it's changed now. Houston is a mess, but Houston has been very relevant in recent years. Tennessee won the division and is is a team on the rise clearly and i did think not that win the division last year excuse Houston me won no it. you're right you're right 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 right. but then then it's the afc so south had they had two teams in the final four in the afc and then they and the, the, the titans made it to the afc championship game yeah i mean the if, if the colts had won a game or two more you're talking about three teams in the division in the playoffs i mean yeah up until up until the second to last week of the season there were three teams in contention to even make the playoffs so the division's different obviously they have two strong teams right now uh but but you're right i think look it's not college no one's voting there's no you know there's no polls it doesn't none of that matters i get that but i think fans do care about this and it's an interesting topic you know how how do people see your team and colts fans have this complex i feel like you know no one respects us (laughs) and whatever that's fine but it's also not rooted in nothing, okay? There's there's a reason for that, and I think it stems from what that reporter colleague of mine said. Like, you know what? They never show up in these games. And I think I look back at last year, going to Houston. Granted, the team was, was in a little bit of a funk at that point. What an opportunity, right? You had a chance yeah. to go down there, handle your business, national TV, and they fell on their face. They couldn't get it done. Uh, despite having opportunities after opportunity after opportunity in that game, so oh, it was a it, miserable game, right? So you, you, at some point, you have to you have to make good on those opportunities, and and then people will see you in a different light. I think so. It's interesting. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's talk about this defense against Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he makes so many great players look terrible. but mm-hmm. <laughs> Including Xavier Rhodes over the years. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been on the wrong side of this. But um, why do you think, if you think this, why do you think they match up well with him specifically? I mean, because I think there are different ways to play defense. They they are uh, they're aggressive, they're fast, they, they cover. Uh, I mean, do they specifically, do you think, match up well with what he does? I mean, this is not this is not um, uh, Lamar Jackson. This is a yeah. very different type of test, you know. We talked about that today with with Darius Leonard. I'm I'm buying the matchup, and I I will eat my words on Monday morning if I'm wrong. And, and Aaron Rodgers has proven lots of people wrong, and I get that. But a couple reasons why is the Colts' defensive line is is a pain in the ass to play against, and that's if all these guys play. There's a couple out today, not injury related. We'll see what happens. Don't want to speculate on that. However, yeah. let's say the line's good to go, and they get Toure back for you know some third down snaps. That doesn't hurt. Uh, the line's really good, and it's really good in the middle. That's what's been different this year. For years, the Colts were an outside rush team, and they would get to quarterbacks from the edge, right? Nothing in the middle. Nothing at all. They were an invisible hole. They had David Perry start 32 games, for goodness sakes. Uh. Buckner and Grover Stewart have changed that, and that's the quickest route to the quarterback, and that matters. Even for a guy like Rodgers, who's so good at escapability, that matters. And the Colts do keep everything in front. That cover two, how many times they get beaten over the top this year? They lead the league in 40-yard plays allowed. By by that, I mean the fewest 40-yard plays allowed. I think it's just two. I looked up all these numbers this week when I was writing about Matt Eberflus and his defense. And they are forcing quarterbacks into the worst passer rating of anyone in the league. And I could go down the list, right? They've allowed the fewest passing touchdowns in the league. I think it's just 11. They match up well against opposing quarterbacks for a couple of reasons. One, the defensive line. Two, they keep a lot of things in front of them. They play those deep safeties like Julian Blackman, who have good closing speed, who can get to the receivers when the ball is thrown. Um, And they don't give up big plays. And I know they haven't played anybody quite like Rodgers. They haven't played Mahomes. But they're a disciplined defense. They'll give you some. They'll give up some yards. But they don't give up a lot of plays. And they don't give up easy yards. Watch the way the Colts tackle. You know, I looked this stat up, stat up this week, and this will not surprise you or anyone out there. Lead the league in the fewest missed tackles this year. Hmm. That's an impressive stat for a team that has a lot of movement on it with a lot of guys covering a lot of space. I mean, Kenny Moore in the open field, one of the best in football. Kari Willis has been terrific as well. Um, so I do think this ma- this team matches up well against Rodgers. Now, Rodgers can still have a good day because he's that good. And, and like Peyton Manning said, there's no defense for the perfect throw, and, and Rodgers can do that. Um, but I like the discipline of this defense. I like the way they tackle. I like the way they cover, and it starts with the engine up front. And if all those defensive linemen are up, that's that's how you do it. I mean, think about the Super Bowl last year. Think about that 49ers defensive line with DeForest Buckner and the way they harassed Mahomes for three quarters. I mean, they, they, they really got after him. Now, we all know what happened in the end, um, but those defensive lines, they really do make life miserable for the quarterback. Yeah, I, I love what you said about how this defense is 
uh, sound in terms of his tackling and, and assignments. Because I think so many plays happen because defenses make mistakes. Missed assignments. Yes. Missed tackles. Yes. How many big plays happen because of that? And let me tell you, there's no one better of th- at taking advantage of that stuff than Aaron Rodgers. Okay? <laughs> there's no question about it. He's seen it all, and he's so good that if you make a mistake, he will make you pay because he's that good. You can't give him an inch. And this is a defense that doesn't really do that. I mean, they don't they don't make a lot of mistakes. That's a good point. That's a big digression from the from the Chuck Pagano days, right? I mean, that defense yeah. just had some my, some head-scratching plays. And I asked Xavier Rhodes about that this week and you know, obviously the AZ parallel is he played a lot of years in Minnesota and he knows Rodgers well and I said, you know, what do you know this week that your teammates don't know about playing Rodgers? And he said, "Look, this is not about me." But it's going to take all 11 guys, and I mean that, this is his words, I mean that all 11 guys to beat this team. Like He knows that it's going to be a full defensive team effort. It's not going to just be one corner having a good day because Rodgers is good enough to go wherever he wants with the ball. Um, That'll be interesting. But, I mean, to be honest, Rodgers got the best of Rhodes the last couple years. There's a lot of Aaron Rodgers highlights, and if you look closely, you'll see Xavier Rhodes on the other side of that. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. Because of as of right now, I mean, this guy's got to be in the Pro Bowl conversation, right? I mean, Xavier Rhodes has been yeah. terrific this year for the Colts. Um, but no doubt, you know, Xavier Rhodes, Rocky seen Kenny Moore, best quarterback they've seen all year in, in Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. You know, it's kind of funny. This led me to a topic that I want to raise when you talked about Xavier Rhodes. Uh, this secondary, I don't think we've talked enough about them. We, we talk a lot about the defensive line because – the Forrest Buckner is all universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk a lot about the linebackers because Darius Leonard, <laughs> if you don't know he's good, just listen to him. He'll tell you all about it. Okay, right. he did that today. <laughs> and I can't take any issue with anything he said, right? And and then we get to the secondary, which honestly I thought had a chance to be extremely average this year. And I thought if they were average, I thought, you know what? That would be acceptable. And what have they done? They've actually done far more than that, far exceeded that bar. And I think they've been one of the better secondaries in the league. I mean, I'm not ready to call them elite, but they've been really, really good. I think probably the biggest surprise on this team is the secondary, to be honest with you. I thought it was the biggest question mark. It's now, you know, one of the units that is a reason for their success. Uh, I give them so much credit for that. And two things, uh, both understanding their personnel and, and what would work in their system, like Xavier Rhodes. I never thought that would work. And then also developing their talent. Kari Willis has clearly taken a step forward this year, right? That's development. That's coaching. Look, Julian Blackman, okay, the kid's talented, right? You you can't teach his ability, but somebody's coaching him up, okay, clearly. And this kid is is ready to roll, okay? And, and he has... He's growing by the week and doing more and more, biting off more and more each week. And then I look at a guy like Rocky Sin, who I think, you know, look, he's he's been up and down at times. I thought in the Tennessee game, that wasn't his best night. But yeah. I think there's clearly been a progression for Rocky Sin. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wrote about this. And, and Rock had 10 penalties last year between holding calls and DPIs. He has one in that category this year. That matters, right? That's a huge difference. Penalties kill defenses. And I want to make one point about the secondary, and I doubted it. That was the biggest question mark I had going into the season, and I will admit that. And a team source, I mean, this is a team source. This is what they said. 
They said the last quarter of the season last year, this is them describing the secondary, downright catastrophic. I mean, you were there in New Orleans. You were there in Tampa Bay. It was awful. And I was puzzled when they cut Pierre Desir. But I see it now. And I'll give them credit for making that move because it took some guts. They ate some money. Um, but Desir just got cut by the Jets. And if he, if he was playing well, he wouldn't have gotten cut. And Xavier Rhodes is having a Pro Bowl year with the Colts. And I think the scheme change has helped Xavier a lot. And I think, obviously, it's great to play behind these linebackers and defensive line. We get that. But, um, you know, that they made some moves in the offseason in the secondary because of how bad it finished last year. guy we haven't mentioned that needs to be called out is TJ Carey. You saw what happened last year when Kenny Moore went down. Downright catastrophic, right? Now Kenny's healthy, which is great. But TJ Carey's been a really, really good reserve, sort of shifty nickel slash outside corner. And he's been a big boon on special teams as well. He picked up the fumble last week that EJ Speed forced off the block punt. Um, and, and TJ Carey, he prides himself in being able to contribute on special teams. Even though he's a vet corner, um, that kind of stuff matters. So I was skeptical about the secondary coming in. Really, really impressive group so far. And, and that's that's been, um, you know, you're, you're not having one of the best defenses in football ranked at the top three in every major category unless every element of the defense is playing well. And right now that's the case for the Colts. Along the same lines, you know, talking about elements of the team that we don't typically talk about, you know, I touched on special teams in my last story this week, and I'm not bringing this up because I wrote about it. I just think it's really important. And what I what I actually think is the most important aspect of of what they've done on special teams is not that they've performed really well, but they have. I mean, they've been great on special teams, and it also is nice that, by the way, the kicker is semi reliable. It's really okay. nice. <laughs> it's okay, but. More than all of that, I think is there's a there's a foundational reason for this, and it's because two things. Number one, they prioritize the hell out of special teams. Okay, they do not take it lightly. And number two, it's a cultural thing. So I think anybody who's played football at any level, pee wee or high school, whatever it is, you know, no one loves playing special teams. Okay, right? No one wants to go out there and cover a punt or, you know. Go run down, kick off. I mean, come on. Why, why would you enjoy that, right? No one enjoys that. But but one thing that, that this team understands is there is value in that stuff, okay? And guys on this team, they embrace it. And they actually gravitate toward that. And we're seeing guys, in the case of Trey Burton, for example, go to Bubba Ventrone, the special teams coach, and say, hey, you know what? I want to play a few more special team snaps. Who does that? You know, uh, and I think that tells you a lot about what what how much they emphasize special teams. And I heard lots of coaches say this: you get what you emphasize, okay, in terms of results from your team. And they've won games because of special teams, no question For about sure. it. Good story. And that's on why that. it gives them a chance in a game like this. I remember Adam Vinatieri telling me during the Super Bowl year in '06, which player this was a, a rising star by that point went to the special teams coordinator and said, I want to be on punt coverage and kickoff coverage. Robert Mathis did. I mean, this was one of the best defensive ends in the league. You know, on his way to 122 sacks or whatever he finished with, he made it a point that he wanted to be on special teams because he felt like that would help the team. Um, That's what good teams do. They have unselfish guys that put the team first. Special teams is not glamorous, but the Colts have some studs. EJ Speed, special teams player of the week. Jordan Glasgow has made plays. I got to give a shout out to George Odom, leads the league in special teams tackles. Um, that, that wins you games, and it wins you games in ways 
most of us don't see every day. Um, and by that, I mean the field position game and where the offense starts their drives and where the defense, you know, takes over. It's all that stuff matters. And when you don't have a lights out offense, the Colts do not. It helps a huge it helps a huge amount. And, and you saw that. I mean, I thought when they got the fourth down stop in Tennessee, when they were on the goal line and didn't get in, I thought maybe this is a turning point for the Titans. What happened? Special teams made the next two biggest plays of the game. And by the end of it, it was a 21 to zip run and the Colts had one going away. So it can turn games and we're starting to see that. Um, and it's it's a credit to the Colts for really buying into an area that they've struggled with more than once in the last couple of years. Yeah, so definitely uh, a lot of credit due there. Um, I, I think just one to put a bow on the special teams talk. I think it's interesting. We talked about this yesterday, you and I. The Colts lead the NFL in opponent starting field position, meaning they have the worst starting field position, Colts opponents. <laughs> okay, so that matters and it adds yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So I mean that you you don't you think that plays a role in what the defense has done this year? Oh, you bet it does. All right, and and what's interesting too, not to get too into the weeds, but they that is not a result of. Rigo Sanchez just kicking the ball through the end zone for a bunch of touchbacks. They're actually middle of the pack in terms of touchbacks. So they're not even like kicking the ball out of the end zone. These are controlled, deliberate kickoffs and punts where they're pinning opponents inside their 20 in some cases. So that is this is very, very strategic. And this is not just, all right, our kicker's got a big leg. Hey, go for it and kick that ball out of there. That's not what they're doing. So keep that in mind uh, when you see what they're doing in terms of uh, kickoffs or punts or whatever. Uh, there's a lot of method to the madness. Right. Uh, before we go, um, let's get crazy. Um, you want to make a pick? Do you have a thought? Yeah, I made a pick with with Matt Schneidman, our Packers writer, for our story that's going up tomorrow. I picked Packers 28, Colts 24. I've got the Packers by just a hair just because I think Rodgers is, is that good. Um, but I'll be honest, I would not surprise me if this was flipped, and it would not surprise me if the Colts win this one. Uh, okay, I I hate doing this. I hate making picks in general because I take this stuff probably too seriously. But I'm going to say Colts, and I just have a feeling about the defense. I, I hope we're not dealing with a COVID situation here. I see too many guys missing practice today. I can't comment, and I'm not suggesting that, but I'm just saying that's the, it's a weird that's year. the unknown. That right. is the unknown, right? right. And so if, if things change, at least I'm giving you the disclaimer now. But – if that isn't what what it might be, uh, failing that, I, I think I like the defense. I, I tell you, I'm going to give them some benefit of the doubt, and I think Phillip Rivers can make some plays. I don't think this Packers defense is going to go in there and and completely shut them down. That's not happening here, I don't think. So and if he if they avoid the turnovers, they're going to make some plays. I think so. so. And Devontae Adams mispracticed today. That's mm-hmm. significant because he's got nine touches touchdowns this season, and he's probably what the second best receiver in football. I mean, he's a stud right. behind okay. Darian Hopkins, but um. If if Rod, if he doesn't have Adams out there, that's a huge huge advantage for the Colts. And I made the I made the Colts pick a couple of weeks ago against the Ravens. Didn't look good after that, so I'm going to reserve right. the Colts pick this week. But like you said, I, it would not surprise me if the offense makes some plays and the defense does what it does and, and they get the W. Yeah, I think we gave the offense too much benefit of the doubt against Baltimore, but this yeah. is a different situation. This is and not that's the same why I defense, feel a little better. right? Yeah, that's why I feel a little better. I think it's honestly a very similar situation to last week. Obviously, better quarterback, but in terms of the matchup, I, I think the defense did its job against Tennessee, and then you know, with 
uh, the Colts offense, Phillip Rivers, you know, he had a he, he had a good matchup there in that Tennessee defense and he handled his business. So uh, I think the turnovers are key. Do not turn it over because Aaron Rodgers ain't going to turn it over. He just yeah. doesn't throw picks. He threw a pick last week and it was like you couldn't believe what you were seeing, right? His, his interception numbers are astronomical in terms of like how rare it is. It's unbelievable. Right. Right. So anyway, that's one of the keys to the game, I feel like. So, hey, that's the deal. Um, Interesting game. I'm looking forward to it. Big game. So stay tuned. And uh, we'll have lots of coverage of Colts and Packers on Sunday. And we'll come back with another episode to wrap it up as well uh, Sunday night and or uh, Monday morning. So stay tuned for that as well. I'm Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. And this is 1%. 